Hi guys, this is Doug Fletcher. Hey, welcome back. Another OSHA short. Uh, it is January 15th, Friday, snowy, cold, miserable. My guest canceled, so you get me. That's where we are. Hey, um, there is something that I do want to talk about, relatively timely information, I thought, so I wanted to get it out to you. I am looking at OSHA instruction CPL02-01-062. Okay, this is OSHA's site-specific targeting program, SST program. Uh, many of you are familiar with that. It's been around for a number of years. Uh, in fact, gosh, I can remember while I was with OSHA, probably in the late 90s or early 2000s, when OSHA first proposed doing a site-specific targeting program. And, and for those of you who are not familiar with this program, this is one of OSHA's targeting enforcement programs Probably the only one, to my knowledge, that utilizes establish, establishment-specific injury and illness data for identifying inspection opportunities. So let me repeat that. Establishment-specific injury and illness data. So this is the information that OSHA is collecting from you, the employer, through the electronic, um, what is that, injury tracking application, the electronic submission uh, in fact, coming up due March 2nd, I believe, you know, if I'm not mistaken. So many of you will be submitting data electronically to OSHA. And that information is going to be mined and, and utilized through the jurisdiction conferred by this program that went into effect on December 14th of 2020 uh, to identify establishments for inspection. And so just a brief history on this. When we, when we first started doing this while I was with OSHA, I think we actually called it the CCP program or something. I'd have to ask Darwin to confirm that. But it had a different acronym at the time, but it has been referred to as SST for a number of years. It's gone through a number of incarnations, and so this is the most recent. Um, like I said, it is utilizing that injury and illness data to identify facilities for inspection. And the way this program used to work, we would submit, you, you as employers would be surveyed by OSHA. Some of you will remember that. They, they used to send out a paper survey. Uh, they would actually select a sample of um, industrial classifications, SICs back in the old days or NAICS codes now. They would select a sample. They would send out these surveys, and then you would be required to respond to the survey. And then that information would go back to OSHA, the Office of Statistics, probably my buddy Dave Schmidt and that team, um, and they would actually compile the information. They would establish a threshold number. So they, they would call it like the general industry average, you know, for a dart rate, perhaps. They would establish a threshold dart rate. If you happen to be above that established rate, whatever that industry average was, then you would go on to a list for potential inspection. If you happen to be below it, you, would be, you wouldn't necessarily be on that inspection list. The problem with the program back then when we were doing it was that the turnaround from the time that the information was solicited, received, tabulated, and returned to the area offices for enforcement, the problem was that it took like two, two and a half years. And so by the time we got the company name and went out to do these inspections, you know, two and a half years had passed. And frankly, it wasn't necessarily representative of what was happening two and a half years ago. You know, it was interesting because... When you would look at historical injury and illness data, oftentimes a company would have a, you know, very consistently low numbers and then they would have one bad year 
And of course, you know, that version of the SST would come up and that one bad year would surface and they would go onto an inspection list. We'd go into the facility and it was actually a pretty good company. There was not a lot going on there. So, you know, in theory, this is really what OSHA should be doing with regard to identifying facilities for inspection. You, we want, you know, OSHA has limited resources. We want them sending their compliance officers to those locations that are having the, the, the most problems, you know, where we have identified that there's a likelihood for serious hazards or serious health issues, whatever the case might be. They're having problems. Their numbers are high, and, and ideally that's where we would want the OSHA compliance staff to be focusing. And so, you know, on its merits, the program – you know, really sounds pretty good. I mean, the other ways OSHA targets inspections would be either, you know, they have an industry in a given jurisdiction that they're interested in. You know, so for for example, here in Nebraska, uh, they are always interested in meat packing. You know, food processing. They're typically always interested in the grain industry, metal fabrication, perhaps. <clears throat> you know, big industries here in Nebraska, and so you would just develop a program specifically to that industry. You know, based on a historical assessment that they are likely to have uh, hazardous conditions. You know, we, we issue a lot of citations in those areas, and so there's a higher likelihood that there's going to be hazards present. But when you're generating lists for inspection, it's just random, and so you don't know whether you're going to a, a company that has a good safety program or a, a lacking safety program. You never knew that. And so it wasn't always fruitful. You know, the other way that we used to target things was based on the hazard. You know, there might be a hazard that we were interested in, hexavalent chromium, for example, or machine guarding, amputation hazards, for example, or now silica, something like that. And so we would generate programs based on a concern about a hazard, and then we would make inspection lists, you know, based on OSHA's knowledge of employers in those different types of activities, somebody that might be handling uh, stainless steel or, you know, have exposure to hex chrome perhaps or somebody that might be dealing with silica or somebody that used equipment that was known to be uh, an amputation hazard. So those programs still exist, <clears throat> but they're not really as accurate when you think about it. So in, in its theory, I think site-specific targeting is really um, probably the best OSHA can do at the time. Um, and the fact that the the data is being submitted electronically now, allows for a much quicker turnaround. And so the way the new program reads, and so I'm not, I'm not going to read you the program, obviously. I would recommend, though, that if you are, this, is a, this program is focused on general industry, okay? It excludes construction, okay? So there are a couple of, couple of factors here. Um, we have manufacturing and we have non-manufacturing within the larger umbrella of general industry, okay? Manufacturing and non-manufacturing, all right? So that could be um, healthcare facilities, for example, uh, some other, you know, telecommunications or things like that where it's not manufacturing but under the general industry umbrella. It does not pertain to construction. So this particular program does not include construction. Now, as you know, the electronic reporting requirements cover those, those same sectors typically, manufacturing, uh, non-manufacturing, general industry, construction, <clears throat> and they pertain to facilities that have 20 or more employees. So if you have a location that is covered that has 20 or more employees, then 
maybe with some exceptions, but almost everyone is required to submit electronically, and that's coming up. 2020 will be submitted by March 2nd of this year, so you should be in the process of preparing that. This current version of the SST program actually covers calendar years 2017, 2018, and 2019, all right? And so what is OSHA doing? Uh, So for the information submitted for 2019, OSHA is establishing, and I don't know what that number is, it's not published, but they will establish a threshold DART rate, and again, above which, if you happen to submit information for 2019 above this threshold, and it's usually maybe like two times the general industry average, you know, for all industries, something like that. Um, If you're above that, then you would go on to this large list of potential inspections, okay? And again, they have separated uh, manufacturing from non-manufacturing. So there will be basically two lists within this category. So 2019 information, there will be a manufacturing category, and there will be a non-manufacturing category, and they will establish the threshold. It'll probably be different for both sectors. And I don't know that for a fact, but probably. And then they will compile the lists, okay? And that will be based on 2019 data. What they are, what they are doing that I really like in this version of the SST, they are also taking a three-year range to target sites that reflect a rate increase during that period. So let me say that again. They're going to look at 2017, 2018, and 2019 data, uh, regardless of the, the, the threshold number, if your rates are showing an increase over that three-year period, then you will also go on to a list for potential inspection. All right? So an increase. And I think that's interesting. I think we're, we're using three years, and we are looking for that slope, that increasing DART rate um, performance. And so, in my opinion, that's a reasonable... That's a reasonable criteria for looking at a place for potential inspection, <clears throat> okay? There is also now a caveat. We used to, if your name came up on the SST list and we would go out to make an inspection, one of the first things the compliance officer does is typically to review your 300 logs, maybe recalculate your rate based on the information that they can discern from, the, you know, from, your, from your data, and you might actually have misreported that information on your paper form back then, but we still made the inspection. You know, there was no exception for that, really. I mean, if we were in the right location and you were in the right industrial code, even though you may have reported the, the wrong number, we still made the inspection. And that, that always left kind of a bad taste in my mouth, but that's how it was. You know, so now uh, it is now permissible to change the scope of an inspection from a comprehensive to a records-only inspection in limited situations, those, those situations where they found that you were not actually above that threshold number or are not above the threshold number. So if you happen to be one of those facilities who is being inspected simply because of the numbers you reported for 2019 and you misreported that and you're below, then OSHA will, it appears, typically just do a records inspection, which is cool. That's all right. I'm okay with that. So... Two new significant changes to this new program. The three-year range, if you are increasing in DART rate, and the records only if you actually misreported. Okay? And these are comprehensive inspections. As you know, site-specific targeting is a comprehensive inspection. 
Um, it will include safety and probably health. You know, typically health has become a referral, so you would get a comprehensive safety inspection. And if there are health-related, industrial hygiene-related issues identified, maybe there's noise, maybe there are air contaminants, potentially something like that, a health referral can be made, and then an industrial hygienist can come out and do their portion of this inspection. All right. Um, back in my day, back in the old days, as we'll call them, we used to do both. We would, you know, we would go out together. Darwin and I, for example, Darwin Craig, he and I were often teamed together, and we would go out and do both the safety and the health inspection. In fact, you know, in large part, that's how I learned to do safety inspections was accompanying Darwin on these SST inspections. So thanks, D. I appreciate it, man. Um, the last thing I want to touch on before we wrap this up is in this document, in this CPL, this compliance directive, there, there are a number of different um, elements that OSHA is going to key in on uh, for potential inspections. So we talked about high rate establishments. You know, you have a DART rate that might be above that threshold that OSHA has established for manufacturing, and there will be a different DART rate threshold for non-manufacturing, okay? Objective criteria. If you're above, you go on the list. If you're below, you're not on that list. Upward trend establishments, okay? So over the three-year calendar year period, if your DART rate is increasing, those, those establishments will go on a list. Low-rate establishments. So there will always be a small number of establishments in, included in the SST program that have reported low rates. And it's a random sample. It is, drawn, you know, based on those low reporters. Man, I mean, if you've reported 0.0, you know, for three consecutive years, that may raise some suspicion. And if you've done that, good for you. I'm not, I'm not suggesting that that's erroneous. Um, but OSHA is always concerned about the veracity of the reporting, right? I mean, this is kind of an honors system deal. You are submitting this information that you have compiled, that you have tabulated, that you are submitting, and there is a certain contingent within OSHA that thinks you're lying, okay? Just to be blunt, I mean, there was always some suspicion that employers were intentionally underreporting. So in an effort to try to address that, they do include a few low-rate establishments in the SST inspection list uh, just to try to verify the veracity of the reporting. And then the last category would be non-responders. If you are required to make these electronic reports to OSHA as part of this injury tracking application, and you don't make that submission in a timely fashion, you know, by March 2nd of this year, you have to submit 2020. If you've not done that, then you go on to the list potentially as a non-responder. And that, you know, we, we were always um, pretty focused on non-responders. We, we normally sent them a letter. I don't know what they're doing now, but we would normally notify them that, you know, we noticed you have not responded yet, and we would, you know, request that you do that immediately. And then those that continued to be unresponsive might receive an inspection. So we've got the high-rate establishments. We've got the upward-trending establishments. We've got a few low-rate establishments, and we've got those non-responders, okay? So let's talk about that list briefly before I wrap this up. If you are above the threshold or you're below, you know, if you're one of the upper trend, whatever you are, if you go on to a list, you know, that list gets submitted to the area office, the jurisdiction where, you know, where you are located. 
And of that, that population of establishments, they will generate from that list random inspections. So of the manufacturing group, they will randomize that list typically, and then they will make inspections from that group. The non-manufacturing, same thing. They will randomize that population. They will take a sample, maybe a sample size of five. So maybe they'll make, so for example, I'll give you an example. Back when I was still with OSHA, we received our SST list. Now, we didn't have it divided quite like this back then, but we got our list. It was probably 240 establishments that were above the threshold DART rate, 240. Of that, we probably inspected 10. So we would randomize that list and generate an inspection list of 10 or 5, maybe two lists of 5, and then from that we would conduct our inspections. So if you appear on the list, there is no guarantee that you are going to be inspected, but certainly if you are on the list, um, your likelihood of being inspected increases significantly. Okay. Now, I do remember a year where we actually did the inspections in order from highest dart rate you know, through to whatever the lower DART rates were. So we received the, the list of facilities, the establishments, in order of the reported DART rate. And I'm not sure that they won't do that either. So if you had an extremely high DART rate, you, there was no randomization of the list. We just did it in order. And so that's a possibility as well. Either they will randomize it and select establishments for inspection from that, or they will actually, you know, go from highest to, you know, down through that until they've reached the number that they intend to complete. You know, again, that could be 10 inspections, that might be 15, whatever that number is, but it is not going to be the 240 or 200, you know, establishments that they receive from the national office. So uh, this is an interesting program. Uh, it is probably one of OSHA's premier inspection targeting programs. If you are in that category, you are manufacturing or your general industry, but non-manufacturing, and you submit data electronically because your facility is large enough to be required to do so, you might want to take a look at those numbers, 2017, 18, and 19, just to see if your DART rate is trending upward, or the 2019 numbers to see if you're high. And, you know, I don't, I don't know what high is. Maybe if you're in the 5, 6, 7, 8 range, you know, again, OSHA will typically establish that threshold DART rate you know, based on maybe two times the national average for all industry, okay? So they take everybody in, in industry who, who uh, provided a, you know, injury and illness summary for that given year, you know, calculate all of the DART rates. They will determine that the average across all industries is 3.2. So maybe they set, you know, twice that or 6, 6.4, whatever, as that threshold. I don't know specifically how that's going to work, but you can take a look at your numbers and have a good idea whether you're going to be in this pool and have a potential for inspection. And if you got a really high number for 2019 or you are showing that upward trend, I think, again, the likelihood is much higher. So, again, take a look at this document. If you're unsure, take a look at the document. You can just go on to the OSHA website or Google CPL 02-01-062. All right? Check it out. If you have any questions, you can reach me, Doug, at FletcherSafety.com or, you know, call the Compliance Assistance Specialist in the OSHA field office in your jurisdiction. I'm sure they can talk to you about it as well. All right? Okay, guys. Thank you. Have a great weekend. Keep up the good work, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.
a Huda Media Production.